Welcome to Beautifully Bloomed, the podcast where we explore how to break you out of the box of rules and beliefs that are holding you back from the life you are meant to live. I'm your host, Rebecca Turville. Join me as I share mindset tools, coaching conversations, and human design to help you uncover your unique gifts and create the life, relationships, and business you desire. So hi, Marianne. Welcome to the program. Hi, I am so happy to be here with you, Rebecca. Well, thank you. And so today I want to talk with Marianne Pack, and we're going to talk about a faith transition story since this is the stories that we're talking about this year in 2022 on my podcast. So Marianne, just briefly tell us, how do you, how did we get connected? We met through a coaching program with Darla Ledoux. And then we also happened to be in the same uh, Facebook group, Ladies Power Lunch. So people found, you know, knew who we were on each side and, and they put us together and uh, we've been friends ever since. Yeah. And I think they're like, oh, Rebecca's talking about things that Marianne talks about. Maybe they would become friends. Yes. <laughs> like, yes. yes. And we have a good connection, right? We had, we met yes. up after that. Absolutely. So today I wanted to talk about, because I'm going through my own faith transition, faith crisis right now, you, and this is why people connected me with you because you've been through something like that in the past. And so I kind of want to start with like, were were you born, you were born into a religion is what I remember. And what religion were you born into? Um, It was a Christian, very traditional, very patriarchal. um, It was the assemblies of God and uh, denomination. So Pentecostal, very closed and very um, controlling, very protective of whatever was coming in. You know, the influences from the outside world were very, you were very shielded from that because in in the kind of church that I was raised in, which, you know, was years ago. Yeah, years ago. So what kind of like, what were the rules? Like I, I'm thinking of some of the rules in our church, like you only hang out with people in the church. You should only date guys in the church. You should get married in the church. Like were those some of the rules that you had to? Oh, absolutely. I mean, so much of your life was monitored and controlled. You're, you know, what TV we watched and what we listen to, what music we listen to, you know, and growing up, I mean, rock music was just all the thing in the 60s and 70s. And so I didn't know half the artists that friends were talking about, because that was so squelched, so controlled. Yeah, what we wear, how we did our hair, how we how we could wear makeup or not, you know, definitely you know, who you dated. And I didn't get to have friends from school because they would taint me. You know, they were very limited. I had one or two that I was allowed to, you know, visit with, but it was very rare. If anything conflicted with a church meeting, the doors being open, I didn't go to the other thing. We had to be a church. Mm. Right. So the, so the friends think, so you'd went to a normal school though. Yes, I did. Yeah. So you went to a normal school. Did you feel like, so this is my experience. I felt really different than people. Oh, absolutely. School. Cause I absolutely. couldn't participate. I always in the felt things. like, yeah, just a fish out of water. Like I never seemed to fit in and I always felt very alone 
and really didn't have a friend as a kid until we changed churches and went to just a little bit more liberal church. And what I age was that at that you went to a different um, church? I was nine. And okay. the friend that I met at our church in the kids group was eight. And we have been best friends ever since. So 50 some years we've been together. And yet she is still in the church, loves the church. And yet I have left and, and don't see it that way anymore. But we're both big enough to be able to allow each other the freedom to live. Yeah. So this Assemblies of God, you went to this church from like age nine until you graduated from high school. Oh, or no, I was born on? in the Assemblies of God. I, I, I was born in that. I, you know, grandparents were that. So, you know, they've. But you said age nine, you switched over. Oh, we, we just went to a different church in the same denomination. We just moved churches. Yeah. 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 So did you uh, marry within the church and stay oh, within yes. the church? Okay. <laughs> How many years did you stay within the Assemblies of God? Um, I didn't leave the church until my mid forties. Okay, I'm I just turned sixty three, so I've been out yeah. for a little while. But <laughs> yeah, yeah, that was yeah. that was a hard hard time. That is super interesting. So, I mean, I found that like, did you ever have questions when you were a kid about anything? Did you? I'm just curious. <laughs> oh, absolutely. I couldn't understand why things that looked so fun, even like square dancing in gym class, why is it wrong to want to participate in square dancing? And my mom would send me a note if she found out we were having square dancing lessons, you know, for our gym class in grade school and things like that, that I thought, this just looks like fun. Why is this wrong? Yeah. Just, I, I had so many questions and I think mama didn't know what to do with me. And even in talking with my sister years later, um, she said, you were just so much more of a deep thinker. None of us thought like you. And I was the youngest of the girls. You know, my sisters were identical twins, just two and a half years older than me. And she was like, we just never, you know, they just complied. Did you ever think that wouldn't it just be easier if I could just accept this and just keep I mean, I thought that all the time. I'm like, why can't I just have the quote, simple faith that they talk about and just go along, you know, and just yes. feel I happy. For, yeah. I tried for so long to think, okay, why am I so rebellious? Why am I the black sheep of the family? And always the one, I mean, spankings were a daily thing as a kid and you know, punishment and guilt and shame and trying to coerce me into obedience. And I just thought, wouldn't it just be easier just to (laughs) be able to comply? But I just couldn't. Just to feel happy doing that. Yeah. yeah, I mean, even, you know, growing up or married or whatever, you know, my first marriage with my, you know, raising my sons, I homeschooled them all the way through high school. So, it was just like, oh, why is it so hard to be a submissive wife? <laughs> yes, I know. In that part, I don't know if you if this was part of your marriage ceremony where he said they said, and the husband is head of the wife, like Christ is the head of the church. And even when I heard that, and I was young, I don't know how young you were, but I was only 21. I had just turned 21 when we got married, which I think is pretty young. 
I mean, it was, it was older than some of my friends were when they got married, they got married when they're 18. <laughs> so I at least waited till 21, but it was really encouraged in our church to just get married, right? That's your job as a woman, you get married, you have kids, you take care of the house. And so even when I heard those words, I just don't think they rang true for me. I, I just, I never, and I felt like in our home, my mom was, I would say she Sometimes I used to think she wears the pants in the house, you know, yes. like oh, yeah. I felt that way because she was a pretty strong minded woman, which I'm really grateful I had that because many of my friends did not have that. But I'm just curious, like, okay, there's that. And then you continue on in the church, even when you don't think you even you raise your kids in the church, even when you have questions. I'm curious why for you, why do you think that happened? Like, why did you raise your kids in the church? Oh, initially, I mean, it certainly was because if I did, if I left the church, I'd be going to hell. Mm-hmm. There's that fear. And, right? and then, yeah, it's just this constant, constant fear that you're dragging along with you. Because if I left, I would be leading my little family into hell. And I couldn't bear that on me. I mean, and this was you know, after having the boys, I've always struggled with depression. And I think all of that stems from the beliefs that I was indoctrinated in, you know, because they're so toxic. They're so, they did not resonate with my soul. I mean, there were so many of them that I thought, why do these feel so bad? I know spirituality, my love for God should feel good. Why is this so hurtful? Why am I so sick and didn't know I was creating it? Why am I, why am I constantly fighting this when so it just makes, it heaps more guilt on you because you think you're the problem instead of the beliefs are the problem. Definitely. You're the problem. And shouldn't you just pray more or just believe harder or just don't question it. Just believe. I mean, oh, yeah, if because Go repent of your sins. (laughs) Absolutely. And crying was a daily experience for me because the emotional trauma, you're constantly begging for forgiveness and crying your eyes out. And I mean, that's one of the ways I used to tell whether a service was good, whether everybody was like crying and in the altars. That was my rating for a good service or not. And if we went longer than the service time. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. If there was a lot of crying. Yeah. And, you know, yeah. Yeah. What's interesting is I've thought a lot about that crying stuff um, because in our church, I used to, it was only like we had once a month, we had um, communion, right? Where you go and, and repent and have your sins forgiven. So that led to crying, right? And the crying of repenting. And, um, but I I'll often think back, I'm like, I am just an emotional person anyway. So put a bunch of people around me crying. Oh, I can get right in there and cry with them. Now, sometimes I'm not sure what I'm crying about. I'm just watching them cry. And I'm like brought to tears, you know? <laughs> so you could say in some ways, oh, you were touched by the Holy Spirit or you were, and I'm like, no, but that wasn't me. That was just me crying along with the rest of them because that's what you do. And I just learned you just do this. This is what you do. I didn't really feel 
spirituality in those moments, as much as I was just crying with the rest of them, you know, I suppose, and there might've been some relief. And if I was having a fight with my husband and we hugged and we cried, you know, maybe, right. I felt some relief in those moments, but that was because of a specific circumstance in my relationship. So I just, I've gone back to think about all those crying times. (laughs) I'm just like, that was so interesting. Um, But right. I totally get it. What you're saying about, because I felt like, shouldn't I, why am I always telling myself that I'm wrong? Like always, like I'd have a thought and like, oh, well, that's wrong. Don't believe that. Oh, don't even go look for the answers on that one. Cause the devil's talking to you or you know, just these different things that I learned to believe about it. Did you have some of those kind of experiences too? Oh, absolutely. I mean, we really weren't allowed to read or even through school. I could study whatever I needed to for tests, but like, and I loved like history and archaeology and, and, you know, the Native Americans. And I loved mythology. I loved Greek mythology. Oh my. During those times, mama really monitored. You only learn what you need to know for the test and you're done with it. No more study. No more looking at that outside because that kind of outside reading will taint your walk, will liable to pull you away. I love sciences and there was no way I could be a scientist that I really wanted. I used to say when I was a little kid, I wanted to be a mad scientist. That was my thing. That was what I called yeah. it because I loved the sciences so much. And there was no way I could have gone to college for any kind of science, because scientists are atheists and they will take you away from God. Oh, I heard the scientists are atheist things. Yeah, so, that's interesting. So, you know what I ended up doing? Mm-hmm. I ended up going to a Bible college and have a biblical studies degree instead, because I didn't think I could even handle being on a secular campus that I would lose my salvation. Yeah, interesting. And I went to, yes, so we weren't pushed to go to, as women, we weren't really pushed to go to college anyways, but I did go to college and, and we would have never been encouraged to go to a Bible college because none of that was, was the true Christian faith. None of it. You know, this was from the assemblies of God. This was right. We didn't have college. Yeah. So it's okay because it's in preparation for ministers. You know, for people who felt like they were called into a ministry, whether it was music or teaching or, you know, preaching or whatever. So it was a ministerial college. So that's interesting. No. And well, the other thing that's different, I guess, is the ministers in the church I grew up in were not. They weren't theologians or whatever you would call them. They They were just lay people. Yeah, they were just lay people. So. I mean, just lay people, no, I guess, whatever you want to call them, but like they, you know, supposedly hear from God as they're, right, God's talking through them. So again, I had a lot of questions, yet we weren't encouraged to even read the Bible on our own or any of that kind of stuff. So going to a Bible school, now that would have actually probably been considered worse than just going to a regular college, because, you know, now you're trying to find answers of people who aren't they're not real Christians, right? They're not like, anyways, it's super funny to me um, when I think of those things. And I have to admit that I took everything pretty seriously. 
I mean, like, I'm wondering if people took it as seriously as me, as far as the words and the, the, the deeds, right. The, the way we have to act, you know, like I was trying to be the good girl most of the time. Like I want to be acceptable. I want to be in the community. I want to be loved and accepted. So I have to follow these rules. Like that was my main goal. Let's follow the rules. It it had nothing to do with like God or (laughs) it was more like, I want to be accepted by this community. And so these are the rules. And I really then had an eye for judging what other people were doing. I'm like, wait a minute, how can you do that when these are the rules? You know, and that's what I feel like my whole time was about. You know, it was like, there's these rules. And also I found out I have a Libra moon, right? If you're anything in astrology, (laughs) the Libra about being like fair, you know, like things are fair and there's this justice and, you know, so that's where like my personality was all about being fair, everybody following the rules. Like if, if these are the rules, why aren't we all following them? You know, I'm just like, it had nothing to do with God for me. It was like, I don't want to be kicked out of this community. And I too chose to raise my family in that. It's interesting, the choices we think we're making, but we're not really making for ourselves. I, I don't feel like we made, I don't feel like I made it for myself. Oh, Do you no, feel no. like you did? No, yeah, yeah. no, no, it was always, it was always, there was a reason. It was never for myself. If I was trying to obey or something, it was just because that's what I was told to do. And that's what I was told that will get you to heaven, you know? Right. So the more, the more for, for us, because it was a denominational Bible college that I went to, I mean, they're the ones teaching who the preachers are going to be, you know, what the preachers are going to teach. So, and I learned to study. I love to research. I love to a study. So even, you know, homeschooling my boys all the way through, I would be studying during the hours that they would be working on schoolwork. So, you know, I'd have everything out in my Strong's Concordance and my, you know, all my notebooks and notes. And, and um, so, you know, just because I love studying. So I could, I could defend anything with the scriptural references you know, oh, but yet it wasn't <laughs> resonating really with my soul. Yeah. I, it yeah. was still making me so unhappy and question more. And, you know, so yeah. it, it got to the point where I was just having enough. I had had enough beating up in the church, being beat up by the church, parishioners and ministers, because I would ask questions and they don't like that. Yeah. Know? They don't want questions. Yeah. Cause oh, how no. are they going to, yeah. Well, sometimes there's not a good answer is my yeah. thought about that. You know, yeah. there's well, not an acceptable answer or something. I don't know. And so, yeah. So then what happened? Like you left because of that. Um, yeah. I mean, it finally, you know, and I went the gambit. I, we studied with Mennonites and then the other direction we studied with Orthodox rabbis in Dallas. And so, you know, it just actually, when it finally came down to studying with the Orthodox rabbis in a home church, a home group of us, a homeschool group, you know, had gotten together and um, started looking at Judaism a little bit. And um, that was actually easier. It started making more sense that, oh, wait, I'm not, I don't have to follow these rules. I don't have to wait, I have more freedom than I knew. 
And so, you know, then I really started questioning, you know, what my beliefs were. And, and, you know, over the years studying about metaphysics, because I was so sick, these toxic beliefs had so made me such a negative person. And I was so such a victim mindset. And I played the martyr so well, you know, so I was making my body sick from childhood all the way. By the time I crashed at 34 with two babies, you know, I thought I'm not going to see my 40th birthday if I don't do something. And and so I sought out natural health, but then I bought a book about all different kinds of alternative healing. Oh my gosh, there was energy work and crystals and feng shui and all kinds of things that were so exciting that I had never been allowed to study before. And we had moved away, so I didn't have family around me. Nobody could tell me what to do. (laughs) Yeah, what is that about? (laughs) That even began the questioning a whole lot, even more intensely. And then by my mid forties, I was like, okay, I am so over this. I am so done. And when I walked out of the church, I lost all my friends because they were all Christian homeschool families and um, lost some of my family members and just thrived in joy anyway. And it was like, my spirituality feels good. And two weeks after I left, after our little family left, I realized, oh my gosh, I haven't cried once since I left. I haven't had to beg for forgiveness and just cry my eyes out to be so sorrowful. I already knew and I had a peace. It was like such a burden lifted. It was interesting because when you talk about Judy, Judaism and rabbis, I was listening to this Jewish, 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 I was going to say Judaism, no, Jewish rabbi talk. And this is so funny because when I started allowing myself to open up, to listen to other people's beliefs, I even felt guilty about that at the beginning. It's like, Oh, this is so sinful. Oh my gosh. Right. Like it's so sinful. But anyways, I was listening to him talk and he said, as Jews, we believe we are, we are born worthy. He said something like that. Christians believe they're born sinful. And that really made an impact on me. I'm like, wait a minute. Wait, wait, wait. I don't have to believe that I'm poor and sinful and I'm I'm so terrible. <laughs> you know, I mean the Jewish people don't believe that about me. I'm like, what? Right? It really was like, oh, I, I was like, oh, what if I could just start with that as a beginning belief and then work from there? And that felt so much better to me. You know, I don't, it's just crazy, right? Because when and the other thing is being a life coach. I, I'm trying. I'm sorry. Are you a life coach too, Marianne? I don't know that about you. Are you a spiritual yeah, coach? Or yes. Life coach? I in and around. I'm an author and a spiritual medium. I have a that's spirit what it guides, is. But yes. <laughs> well, we'll talk about that at the end too. But um, being a life coach, I felt even in some ways when I went for life coach training that I was going off the straight and narrow path. And that some people thought I was very weird, right? And already I'm weird now, like I'm going to be led astray, which I guess now I've been led astray. <laughs> I mean, now they have their proof, but you know what I mean? It's like, but it, what it helped me to do is open myself to new ideas that I'm like, well, these people aren't 
bad people. Why, why should I believe that they're going to hell or any of that? Right. Yes, I don't get absolutely. it. Like, why should I believe any of that stuff? But it helped to open my mind to like, um, learning that, well, there's a lot of different beliefs and you can have your own belief about what those beliefs mean. You can even have your own belief about those people, you know? And so it was just fascinating to open my mind up to being more accepting and more compassionate and less judgmental. Oh my God. That judgment, it gets really tiring after a while. Very, very exhausting. I, I got tired. It feels like this heavy burden that you have to carry around of judging everybody, judging yourself, you know, they're going to hell. I'm not because I have to keep doing this stuff. And yeah, I'm tired of I'm over that. So, so, and I forgot where, why I started the story, but um, I don't know, in your story, what we got to is that you left. And now so what was what I'm curious, what? So now that you don't didn't believe that you're going to go to hell, if you leave your church, what is the new belief? Did you feel like, oh, no, now what is the new thing I'm going to believe? Or what is what do I believe about afterlife? And what you know, you know what I mean? All those questions that you have, right? Well, even before, you know, because I had that that alternative healing book that I was studying, it also talked about some mindset stuff and metaphysics. So, you know, years later, then I started touching into like Louise Hay's book, You Can Heal Your Life, Metaphysics, how our emotions, you know, affect our body and our health and that we create it all and that we can heal it with a mindset shift, you know, so that was eye opening in itself. And I just I could go down her emotional list and all the diseases I had and they just fell right into place. And then after that, you know, when I really started looking at my beliefs and I thought, gosh, a lot of these don't feel good. What do I want to believe? What would feel good to my soul? And then I started, you know, looking at that and I started studying with Abraham Hicks. I found them, you know, and I think it was just, you know, again, my spirit just was a calling in these mentors and teachers and coaches that you know, being able to get a a different perspective, you know, from to listen to someone who is declaring themselves infinite intelligence, source, you know, being spoken through by a woman's voice. And again, to be able to use your voice as a woman, because I was, that was so squelched in my life. So, you know, then to be able to start speaking up for myself or speaking my truth and saying, I don't believe those are true. This is the truth for me. And I had to start, you know, evaluating those beliefs and letting them go, or maybe just tweaking them. But some of them, you literally have to just let go and believe something that resonates with your soul. And um, so I think the first I was starting to understand that I was not innately sinful, that that wasn't real. And the first time I heard Abraham Hicks, can I read this quote to you out of my book? Because it's the very first quote in my book. And it's and from, is this um, your book? This is my book that I, I just, thought you were going to say Abraham Hicks. Okay. Yeah. No, no, no. This is it's just because this was, this was their quote that made the profound shift when I realized that I was not innately sinful. It says, they say, you are joy. 
looking for a way to express. It's not just that your purpose is joy. It's that you are joy. You are love and joy and freedom and clarity expressing. Energy frolicking and eager. That's who you are. And so if you're always reaching for alignment with that, you're always on your path and your path will take you into all kinds of places. You are pure positive energy that translates into the human emotion of joy. When I heard that, I kept replaying it, replaying, replaying it. Because I was like, this is what I want to believe. This resonates with my soul. And so now years later, coming to be a joy advocate, because my spirit guides the many tell me all the time, tell them of their goodness. Tell them of their innate goodness. Tell them that they are joy in the flesh. They're joy embodied. Yeah. Even listening to your voice say the quote, it just feels so... Like, it's just lightning. Like, oh, it feels good, right? That joy thing. Thank you so much for reading that. I love Abraham Hicks stuff, by the way. It's just amazing. That quote (laughs) totally changed my life. I had been studying with him for a while and was, you know, I think it was just allowing me to finally get to the point where I could actually accept that statement about me. So it took me a while. I didn't, you know, I didn't hear this off right at the bat because it wasn't the right timing for me. I wasn't yet believing that I could be joy embodied because I'm actually an extension of who source is in the flesh. Yeah, exactly. And then, um, so I'm going to, to wrap this up. I just wanted to, to say that, um, when you said something about being where you are or not the right timing or something about not being able to hear that at the right timing, I think there's a process. And I think I'm in that process, right? There's a process of deconstruction or whatever you want to call it, where we do have to take the time to feel all the grief for all those years, (laughs) you know, all the grief for all the years and all the grief for the things that I probably taught my kids that I shouldn't, don't want to have taught my kids, you know, all the things and being able to process through those emotions first, before sometimes you're ready to open up to the, all the great possibilities. Right. And oh, so absolutely. Um, Even important. when I was studying, you know, when I was during that time of deep, really deep questioning. I mean, my gosh, if you leave the church, what if I really, what if they're telling the truth? What if I would lead myself and my family into hell? What if it was real? And oh, the agony and the grief and the tears that were shed over those years, those last years before I, you know, we decided to leave the church was just sometimes just agony. It is. And then that's why for me, it's important for me to go on this journey of learning the truth for myself. It's like, well, what is the truth? If I don't think that's the truth, what is the truth? And it's okay to question it all and just learn a bunch of things and wonder about it. And I'm just actually enjoying this part right now for me. It's just fun. It's like, oh, and your truth is different from my truth. Yeah, we're all different. Isn't that great? And I was like, the beauty of life is everybody can have their own truth. 
And can we all still live together in peace, which is really, as we've seen in 20 and 2021, like how awful it is to, to live with all these, these conflicting beliefs that people are so strong about. Right. So I, my goal is like, couldn't we just live knowing we have different things to believe. And that's the part of the beauty of life. <laughs> like we're all different. And it may like, if we're all exactly the same, I think it might be rather boring. Oh, so. Very, very boring. <laughs> I think we couldn't have these kind of conversations and have fun, right. Talking about different things. So Marianne, where can people see you or reach you or, or get to know your stuff or learn about your book? Oh, Yes. They can visit my website, Mary Ann Pack, it's just my name, MaryAnnPack.com. Or if you're looking for any of the, this is the first in a series of books that are coming. This is the first one that we just launched this, this month of January, the month of January. So um, you'll find all the information on WeAreJoyBooks.com. Yeah. So that'll be the first. There's several already in the works that are coming out this year. We're going to kind of do them about quarterly. And these are all, they're all lessons, but they all have integrative prompts after each lesson so that it actually is like a coaching program. And then they'll all, there is also a, um, a way to coach with me in the joy matrix, which is a membership. And we'll be going through these books as they come out and, um, you know, just some support for people who are having to remember themselves into the wholeness of who they are, you know, bring all those broken parts and all the, the hurt parts, the parts that don't want to be exposed, but the parts that are questioning and then the parts that find the glimmers of hope and joy. So, so when we come into the wholeness of who we are, that's, that's when we're, we're living the joy of who we really are. And that thrills my soul. <laughs> Living the joy. Okay. That sounds amazing. Thank you so much, Marianne. Absolutely. Thank you. This was a great conversation. <laughs> oh, yes. I love it. I love it. Hopefully it helps a lot of people. So, all right. If you enjoy listening to this podcast, please go subscribe so that you get notified of all the future goodies that are coming along. While you're there, please leave me a review and let me know what you think. So excited to share this with you and can't wait to talk to you next time. Bye.